Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 10 of Id, Ego, and Us. I'm Shreya. And I'm Julia. And today's episode will be about Cupid, Cinema, Cave, and Compassion. Our four segments of the episode will be Roman Mythology and Would You Rather with Julia and Predicts and Food for Thought with me, Shreya. Uh, Without further ado, let's get into our episode. In today's segment of predictions, I'll be predicting the plot of Lord of the Rings. From what I know, Lord of the Rings is a movie series which is also being made into a show soon, all of which are based on the novel written by J.R.R. Tolkien. There's also some continuation of the series called The Hobbit, but that just kind of confused me, so I won't be talking about that today. The only person I know from the cast is Orlando Bloom, just putting that out there. Like, I've never heard of any of the other people. Uh, when I searched it up. So as per the name, I'm guessing that there is a set of rings that people are fighting over to be the Lord of. Uh, The first movie is called Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring. This reminds me of some kind of cult, maybe a spooky flashback type movie and kind of serves as an introduction to the entire series. I mean, obviously it's like an introduction. It's the first movie. So like it probably is introduction but i think that in in that movie we'll be introduced to the concept of the rings their significance and we will come across some noteworthy characters uh that will probably be there for the rest of the series uh the next one is called the two towers now i'm thinking that there are two rings both placed in these two towers and there's a battle or invasion of these towers from people trying to take the rings kind of like thanos invading planets for the Infinity Stones. I'm sorry, I just had to have some kind of Marvel reference in there. The last movie is called Return of the King. So this king dude is probably the rightful owner of the said rings and he comes in and takes them and restores peace and everyone lives happily ever after. And then I think after this, there was the Hobbit, the three Hobbit movies, or there might be before it. I have no idea, but yeah, that's what I think the Lord of the Rings is about. Um, what do you have to say about this, Julia? I'm confused. Me too. I know, I know that you can't fix my confusion because you don't know either, but I started to read Lord of the Rings because the books, like, I've heard that they were good. Um, and The Hobbit is the first book. Oh, then Um, it probably, it probably, okay, so, like, when they came out, the Hobbit movies came out after the Lord of the Rings movies. But you know how sometimes they do like a prequel after they already have the movie? So the Hobbit is probably supposed to be prequels to the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, probably. A second note is that I got halfway through the Hobbit and stopped because I was dreadfully bored. But it's also the prequel book, I'm assuming, based off of what we just learned. Um, I feel like if I kept reading, it'd be better, but I, was, I did not finish it. Okay. Yeah. I don't think you should read the book because that's weird and disturbing. (laughs) She was going to say something, but (laughs) controlled herself for the sake of the podcast. Thank you for that, Julia. Um, So, yeah, that's my prediction of Lord of the Rings. Um, I probably won't be watching it anytime soon, but I sure did have fun figuring out what happens in what movie. So, Julia, do you have any comments or... Other predictions? No comments, no predictions. Okay. So since that's that, we can move on to Would You Rather? Welcome to Roman Mythology. 
it's been almost an entire season since we last did this segment, um, which we also sometimes call Greek mythology. So in honor of this upcoming Valentine's Day, today's Roman mythology segment will be about Cupid. Um, so if you haven't heard of Cupid, which I'm sure is unlikely, but you know, there's always a chance. Uh, he's the ancient Roman god of love who was said to be the son of Mer- Mercury, um, which is the winged messenger of the gods, and Venus, the goddess of love. Uh, what's always tricky about these segments is that there are hundreds, I would say, interpretations of these stories. So Cupid has also been said to be one of the first worldly beings. He's also been said to be born of the world egg, um, as well as the son of Nyx and Erebus, of Aphrodite and Ares, of Iris and Zephyrus. I don't know if I said that right, Zephyrus, and of Aphrodite and Zeus, who are father and daughter so i'm not exactly sure how that was supposed to work um but for the sake of keeping our brains from blowing up we will be assuming that the mercury venus tale is the one of the most commonly told um so if you're more familiar with greek mythology like i am the greek equivalent of cupid is eros um, and of mercury is hermes and of venus is aphrodite in terms of appearance, uh, Cupid, I'm sure you get the visual in your brain as soon as I said that, but Cupid tends to be depicted as a winged child, um, a lot of the time wearing just um, underwear, and he's carrying a bow and arrow, um, bow and arrow, and a quiver. Um, in the stories, Greek and Roman, he is described as a very handsome man, um, so it's a little bit different than the traditional valentine's day depiction because it's just not meant for commercial purposes um and as most people know his stories are said to inspire or his arrows are said to inspire love to their victims but they can also do like exactly the opposite but by still inciting love um it's really just based off of his intention but one example is when his mother venus or aphrodite uh, became so jealous of a mortal named psyche I think that's how you say it. It might be Psyche, but I don't think you pronounce the E. So P-S-Y-C-H-E. I'm going to say Psyche because she was so beautiful. Um, So she had her son strike Psyche with a bow and, or goodness gracious, with an arrow that would make her fall in love with the monster. But of course, Cupid didn't want to do that because he thought she was beautiful. So he fell in love with Psyche and married her on the condition that she could never see his face because if she saw him, she would know that he was a god because they have a godly appearance and if she knew that, you know, they could never be together. Um, but naturally, she became curious over time and stole a glance, which made him so angry that he ran away from her. But obviously, after finding out the person you love isn't a person but a god, you don't just forget about them. So it's like roamed the world looking for him, and they were eventually reunited. And that was when Cupid decided to grant her immortality so that they could be together for eternity. Um, and I'm sure Venus was very angry. I would be angry has her son but then again her intentions were incredibly cruel um and a lot of the time cupid's missions were led by directions from his mother and often were meant to seek revenge but it must have rubbed off on him in his godly genetic code or something because cupid was just as cruel sometimes uh once let me think once in a greek story eros who again is the greek cupid um struck apollo with an arrow so that he could fall in love, would fall in love with a nymph named Daphne. But then he shot another arrow at Daphne so that she would be repulsed by Apollo. And it sent Apollo spiraling into this, why doesn't she love me? Da, 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 da. Um, and I'm not sure if it's all some wonderful joke attempting to depict how cruel love can be. But it certainly is effective in portraying that message. 
Anywho, that's all we have for Roman mythology today. We hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day. rather live in a treehouse just because it sounds more fun and I feel like a treehouse is more like sanitized I guess and closer to an actual house than a cave is because like in a cave it's like a a cave is basically just like a rock but like with like a hole in it like (laughs) if that makes sense so like I don't know um there isn't like much you can do in there and the ventilation has to be horrible I mean (laughs) so I feel like a treehouse would be better because one I I like the idea of being up in the air at all times right and like you can just like seclude yourself from everybody that that sounds really nice at this point (laughs) and I don't know the cave just sounds musty (laughs) those are some wonderful thoughts thank you so much um I agree I feel like a cave would be really cold and a tree gets a lot of fresh air. Um, The only thing that I might be opposed to is being like, it depends how far up in the air we are because I don't want to fall and I don't like heights. Like I don't, if I have to. Be a pilot. If like, like not that that has anything to do with this, but I wouldn't purpose. Okay, anywho, I would want my treehouse to be made by Pete. What's his name? Pete Nelson? I have no idea. The guy from Treehouse Masters. He's wonderful. Pete Nelson. There it is. Yeah. He, like, it's literal. It's not even a treehouse at that point. It's a house in a tree. It's so cool what he does. You should look it up later. Okay. Yeah, and there's this one house I watched him make the other day. And there was like a fantasy book Wonderland thing, and it was so cool. okay. Ew. Okay, I'm stopping right there. I'm, I'm kidding. Go. No, 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 no. You have to watch it. It's on Animal Planet. This is a sponsorship for sure. I, I, Sherry's making a face. That means I have to. No, no, no I was just it. looking at a text. This is not a sponsorship. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, I would rather live in a treehouse as well. Also, what? Yeah, you're right. What can you do in a cave? Nothing. You just sit there and feel the rocks and oh my god i feel like there's more bugs in a cave than a tree maybe not i feel like bugs wouldn't want to live in a cave the same way we don't want to live in a cave oh my gosh yeah why did i say it like that there are (laughs) bugs in a tree ew i want to live in a house on the floor okay i didn't realize that there were so many contingencies to that question but our next question is would you rather spend the weekend with pirates or ninjas um, I personally would rather spend the weekend with ninjas. I feel like you could learn more and I could like learn how to walk very quietly and how to wield a sword. Whereas with pirates, we'd just kind of be like on a ship doing nothing, stealing stuff, I guess, th- rolling around in gold coins. I could become rich if I had speaking with pirates, but no, I would rather spend the weekend with ninjas because it feels like I would learn more that I could use. Sure. Yeah, honestly, same. I feel like to be a ninja, it requires so much more skill um, to like to be a ninja than to be a pirate. And pirate honestly has like, I don't know. They're like basically thieves of the sea. And I don't know. I don't know if I want to surround myself with that kind of people. You know, I don't want to get peer pressured into looting other ships. And honestly, I love the water and swimming and stuff, but like also being on a boat and then like getting robbed sounds so like so scary because like 
you could just like get like thrown off board and then you would like drown and then like die so like ew i'd rather be yay (laughs) um okay moving on (laughs) for new experiences Mm. the one experience that ends them all exactly i'm glad you get it okay okay um but yeah ninjas ninjas just seem so much more skilled and disciplined so i'd rather spend my time with ninjas agreed okay our last question is would you rather be in the history books for something terrible or be forgotten completely would you rather be in the history books for something terrible or be forgotten completely after you die shria I I I don't know. Um, I feel like oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say my thought process about this as I'm making my decision. So the pro about being in the history books for something terrible is that you have some kind of significance after you die, which sounds good. But the con is that you're remembered for something bad, right? Um, and then being forgotten after you die sounds so sad because like. You lived an entire life just to be forgotten and like not remembered. Those mean the same thing. I don't know why I like said that twice. I'm just being redundant. <laughs> um, but the uh, the con. Wait, I already said the con. The pro is that um, uh, you won't be remembered for something bad because you won't be remembered for anything at all. So I don't know. I still. I don't know. I think I'd rather be remembered for something bad rather than being forgotten because, like, everyone messes up at some point. And you didn't, like, uh, specify how bad the thing is. So, like, I could be remembered for, like, something bad could be, like, ate too many cupcakes and then threw up at school. That could be bad. And I could be remembered for that. And that's not, like, bad. Or you could be, like, remembered for, like, homicide like somebody <laughs> thank you for the examples that was wonderful, <laughs> really um are you done okay, yeah. cut you off. okay um i disagree um i feel like i would rather be forgotten i'm also not concerned really concerned with being remembered remembered regardless i think the majority like the vast majority of people's lives are forgotten eventually if then if not remembered by their families forgotten by their families as soon as their families die and then gone like tell me ask me who my great 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 grandmother is and i couldn't tell you and i'm i'm sure my grandmother probably has some semblance of memory of her but as soon as my grandmother is gone from this world then she won't know and i don't know if that's gonna matter to me once i'm gone like I don't think if being like I don't think dead Julia is gonna really care if people remember her. Um, and alive Julia certainly doesn't mind it. Um, but I get the idea of like you lived lived a whole life and now like any permanency is that a word? Permanency, permanence of that is gone. But as long as I did good while I was here and I was loved or whatever while I was on the earth or on wherever it is that we are right now. And I don't know what what even is the question I'm forgetting. Yeah, I would not want to be remembered for something badly. If I was going to be remembered at all, I would rather it be for something good. But if I were to be remembered for something bad, I, like that leaves a I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't want to leave a stain on my existence. There it is. That I hope that made sense. Or to be com- forgotten completely after you die. 
Yeah, I don't care. I'd rather be forgotten. I really don't care. Uh, maybe I should, but I don't. Okay, <laughs> that's all I have. Shreya, do you have any comments? Um, No, actually. We can move on to the next question. And that's the last question. We're going to move on to food for thought now. Okay, so now we're finishing off with food for thought. Um, Our first question for this episode is, is it more important to be respected or liked? Julia, would you like to start us off? I would. Um, I feel like this question, I I hate to look for the loopholes, but this question does have loopholes because, I mean, from my experience, if I like someone, then I respect them automatically. And if I'm not respectful to someone, does that mean that I if I'm not respectful to someone, that means I don't like them, I would say. Um, but I feel like I am also respectful to people that I don't like. But I think, no, I think being respect, being liked by someone automatically means that you have the respect, but respect doesn't automatically come with someone liking you. Like you can just respect someone for their position. Um, so I would rather be liked because it is my personal opinion that that is in direct correlation with respect. But, well, not direct correlation. I I don't know. I feel like, okay, I would rather be liked because I think that being liked means being respected. But my opinion might change after Shreya gives her perspective. Shreya? Okay, so I think that it's more important to be liked because you could always be respected and people would respect you, but then they won't like you. There's always a chance that they don't like you and they're just like respecting you because they're scared of you or like you're in a higher position than them. And so they feel obligated to respect you, but no one ever feels obligated to like someone. It like well okay that's a lie. In most cases, people don't feel obligated to like someone, but a lot of times people might feel obligated to respect um, other people, right? Um, so I think I'd rather like be like I don't know. I'm I'm still thinking about it honestly. I don't have like a solid answer, but I I am leaning more towards being liked than being respected, because respected just seems so formal and like. You won't be able to have fun with anyone if they're just respecting you. But if they actually like you, you can have like you can have like good quality time with them. You know what I'm saying, Julia? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like if you what you want in this world is like power, influence, then sure, go ahead, ask for respect. But if you would like, I personally, from my in my opinion, if you would like to live a good life, then you have to have good experiences with people and you can't have good experiences with people if you don't like people and if people don't like you. And then you'd just be alone for all of existence. And that's fun. But I don't think so. And that's the issue. Is this the kind of conversation we need to be having one day before Valentine's Day? <laughs> yes, it is. Love, love. <laughs> okay, that's all that I have. Sure. Yeah. Let. Um, so yeah, I think we can move on to the next question. I think stop staring at your phone. <laughs> What's the next question? Um, can religious beliefs affect scientific thinking? So I'll start off this one because I actually have like a good opinion on this. And I'm gonna say yes, it does. Because we didn't start off with scientific thinking. We didn't like man didn't like wake up one day and be like, okay, uh physics okay chemistry you know we started off with um religion we started off with the belief in supernatural beings and things like that and because religion came before science like science emerged like during the enlightenment and that was like after 
religion. So like obviously a lot of scientific thinking was um, uh, kind of like a product of a mixture of religion and like philosophy and like logic. So uh, there's always going to be some religious things based around science and there's always going to be some science based around religion. Does that make sense, Julia? Do you think you agree? Yeah, I agree completely. Um, I would restate what you just said, but you said it so perfectly. I don't really need to. Um, as well as things that we see today, like laws being made that are sort of center around one religion rather than the fact that you're governing governing an entire body of people who don't necessarily follow the laws of that specific religion and shouldn't have to. Um, and religions. And, you know, like, I guess that's not science. It's more law. But I feel like if law should be based off of fact and if science is fact um, and religion can be is obviously fact, too. But it, religious is subjective fact and science is just fact that we know from scientific testing, then law should correlate with science. Right. But law shouldn't correlate with religion unless it's a religious country. I don't know. I don't know what I'm explaining, but I do agree with you. That's all that I have. Um, well, I guess that's the end of the episode then. Uh, thank you for tuning in and uh, see you next time on Id, Ego, and Us. Mm-hmm.